Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. Good morning, and open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. In just a few moments, I want to speak to you on three things that God gives to every believer. I think as you see these three things, you will understand that that's three things I really need in my life. Matter of fact, I need them almost every single day I live. There are those things in Scripture that are so powerful and changing our day-to-day life that if we can know them and even commit them to memory and the text today is a very brief one and one that you can learn and with just a few minutes of concentration and saying it maybe two or three or four times you will pick up on it so hold your bible there to second timothy chapter one i do want to welcome those that join us now by radio on the television as well as the internet these moments on sunday are very special to all of us in different time zones around the world uh, you never know what time people are up watching and the correspondence we get is quite interesting at times but i do want those of you that are here to know that uh, we are glad you're here we welcome you many of you are here for the first time and we would love to tell you about two things real quickly at the end of this service, two opportunities. Uh, one is to come to our hospitality room for just a few moments. I will be there with my wife, and we want to shake your hand and say hello to you and just say welcome. And then I have some people that are going to give you a sack full of blessings to take home with you today that you can share with people wherever you go. Also, we're opening up a very special room. Now, the hospitality room is right over here to the left, across from the library. Go out into the foyer, very easy to find. The connection center is right behind this center section. That's the room where if after the message today you want to go talk to someone or pray with someone about something that is very sincerely on your heart, there will be people there to talk with you and pray with you, and you will set the time uh, there's not a planned agenda. It's not long unless you need a lot of time. But it'll be brief, but it'll be very, very important. Now look at the text. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We have read this passage in the last couple of weeks. And we today are going to look very, very carefully at the conclusion of what I wanted to say to you Uh, in this very many series of thoughts that I have put together from God's Word. I want you to look at that seventh verse. And I want you to stand out of respect to the reading of the seventh verse of 2 Timothy chapter 1. And there are Bibles there. And by the way, if you do not have a Bible, if you'll stop by the information desk on your way out, they will give you one to take home with you. We have them in English and Spanish, and you're welcome to have one if you do not have a Bible. Listen to the seventh verse. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's what we talked about last week. Remember? 
We have nothing to fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, continuation of the text. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. One more time. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Let's talk about that for a moment. Would you be seated? If you had to sit down and make a list of the most important things you need in your life on a day-by-day basis, what would be on your list? My wife is always making up a list. When I go to the grocery store with her, and she sends me down one aisle, and, and I, she goes down another, but she seems to know what that we are going to get before we get there so I don't get impulsive after we get there, and she has this list. And I like the short list, quite frankly. Those long lists can literally run you to death uh, up and down the aisles of these big stores. But there is something that we need in our house in the way of physical foods. And that's the predominant thing on that list. I'm asking you to make a list this morning. What would you put on your list that you need every day? Certainly, you don't have to have it every day, but food and water are very important. Uh, water more than food but I'm talking about spiritual things I'm talking about things that you not put your hand on but you'd reach out for it maybe several times on some days 2 Corinthians helps us to deal with a fact in the life of all people, including believers. And that is that life is filled with trouble. This life is filled with trouble. Something won't go right for you today, I will guarantee you. Listen to what the Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We're troubled on every side. But listen at the next phrase, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. Now, Paul is speaking here from his personal background to the church over at Corinth. Now, listen to 2 Corinthians 7, 5. For when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, and within were fears. If you're troubled today, I want you to listen to one other scripture, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. You see, when you get out on those areas of life that we all get out on, where, I, where we make those statements to others or to us, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't see how I'm going to get through this. I have no way of dealing with this unsurmountable problem that I am facing. Now, I want you to know that those of us that live today that understand that life is full of troubles, we have a lot of good company of those that lived long before. While the list would go on and on and on with the Davids and the Daniels and the Jobs and those kind of people that all through the Bible, they had trouble. They had trouble in the Old Testament. They had trouble in the New Testament. They had trouble 
before they met God. They had trouble after they met God. The difference was they had something after they met God that they didn't have before they met God. And when those troubles came, they were able to deal with them because God, who knows our every need and promises to supply them, has given to all of his children at least these three things, love, power, and a sound mind. When Job said in the 14th chapter, verse 1, man that is born of a, of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. How do you prepare for certain realities that are going to come in your life that you know it's going to be trouble? How many days do you go down here on the coast till you don't drive by a billboard or hear somebody on the radio or television saying, now we're in hurricane season, get ready for the hurricane. Get ready. Don't be in that long line down there where 90% of us are going to be. But get ready because it's coming. And that just keeps hitting. Warnings, 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 warnings. Even when those warnings come, we need a strong confidence that comes only from God that God is with us. And the reason we have love and power and sound minds is because God is love, all power is given to God, and all wisdom comes from God, and he passes it on to his children because we're heirs of God and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. And when those times come, we don't need to be question marks, we need to be explanation points. We don't need to be running around with everybody else. I just don't know what I'm going to do. What are y'all going to do? We're not ready to do it. We just don't know what to do. Do you like to be around people like that? Now, be honest with me. And don't you like to evacuate out of Harris County and Galveston County and Brazoria County with all these people who have no clue where they're going? <laughs> and about every time they stop for 15 minutes, they want to cut across the lane, get in the ditch, go back the other way, and all that kind of stuff. They have no plan whatsoever. None. You know, if you want to have assurance that your life is going to be a blessing to God and a blessing to others and a blessing to yourself, you need to hear these three things real quickly this morning. And you need to be honest with yourself. Do you have them? Now, some of you have them, you just don't use them. It's like some of that stuff you got in the back closet of your house. When you die, your kids are going to go back there and going to say, what in the world did mother buy this for? Why in the world, what was dad keeping this for? You see, God's people don't understand sometimes there's a whole lot of heaven on the way to heaven if you've got what it takes. Even in this life, this life can be a blessing on our way to heaven because there is heaven on the way to heaven and if we live it with those things knowing what love and power and a sound mind is and where it all fits in we are able to move forward knowing that it's going to be okay it's going to be okay I heard about a guy several years ago supposed to be a true story it was in the newspaper I mean it had to be true And this man booked a cruise for the first time. He'd never booked a cruise, but he wanted to go to Europe, so he booked a cruise. 
He checked a bag that was full of food. Because some way in his reading, he didn't understand that they were going to provide the food while they carried him to Europe. That it was included in the ticket. Now, a lot of Christians are the same way. We look at that guy and say, well, you're crazy. Well, what about us? God says, I'm going to put you into a new life, and I'm going to provide everything you need. And you're going to need a little love, and you're going to need some power along the way, and you're going to need some sound mind. If you look at that scripture real carefully, it is a disciplined life. It is a life that is committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, one that thinks as he thinks. And when you are born again, those things come into place. Number one is love. The first verse of Scripture most of us ever learned is God is love. Amen. We understand also that, that when we are born again, that God through the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. When he comes to live in us, he brings these three attributes. First one is love. When we say, you know, I just can't love that person, God says, I can. If you'll just be still, get out of the way, be quiet, let me handle this situation. I love all people. I'm trying to teach you to love all people. So if you're honest, you say, I can't love them, then let God love them through you. Listen to 1 John 4, 8. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So how about those that do know God? We love because those that don't know God don't love. When God comes in a person's life, love comes. Old things pass away. All things become new. Once I was living in sin and darkness, once I had bitterness and hate, there were those that I could not be around. They just, I just got so upset every time I was around them. I just couldn't stand it. If they would come and sit by me, I'd get up and move. If I'd go to a place and I'd see them there, I'd walk out. When they moved in the neighborhood, I sold a house, almost gave it away and went to another spot. God says, that's not who I am. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a love chapter of the Bible. It's read at a lot of weddings. It's always read... Uh, when people come for Christian counseling before they get married, which, by the way, is the best time to come, uh, and uh, they are given this text, 1 Corinthians 13. It says, to us, what real love is, how you can know it when you see it. Now, see, we don't even know what the word means. I mean, we love dogs, we love ice cream, we love our sports teams, we love cars, we love Houston, we love our house. I mean, it goes on and on and on. That's not love. That is a terrible, terrible way to put it. We don't know love from lust. You know, love can always wait to give. Lust can't wait to get. And people talk about making love. They talk about, I love you, when what they're saying is, I love me, and I want you. And so I'll tell you I love you, so I, me, can get what I want from you. That's the way that all works. That's pure garbage. That is not love. But here's what it is. Fourth verse says, love suffers long. It says, love envies not. It says, love is not proud. Fifth verse says, Love respects others. Love is not selfish. 
Love is slow to anger. Love is pure in thoughts. Sixth verse says of 1 Corinthians 13 that those that love will love truth. Verse 7 says those that love can handle persecution. It says they're optimistic. It says that we are patient. The eighth verse says love perseveres. You see, love takes preeminence, and it's a gift from God. God is love. You can't learn to love. You have to let the one that is love come in you and then let these things that make up your life become the avenue through which the love of God is flowed out. The first commandment. Remember what it was? And the greatest commandment. Love God, then what do you do? Love others. You say, well, I just can't do that. You need to go to the Connection Center. You need to get born again. Because if God's in you, you can learn to love. There's no way. You say, no, it's just me. You just don't know my background. That's what I'm talking about, your background. Have you been to the cross? See, you're either a product of the past or you're a product of the cross. And when you come to that moment in your life when you say, you know, I really have trouble and fill in the blank. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love, love, love. Second thing, well, let, me, let me just uh, give you the text for those of you that take notes. Matthew twenty two thirty six. That's where the question is asked, what is the great commandment? So you can go and look at that when you get home. Quickly, number two. Not only do we have love if we're born again, but we have power. We have power. A believer possesses a power that is supernatural to the powers of this world because that power comes from God. Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Matthew 6, 13, We pray, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You see, when you are born again, not only does love come into you, and you find yourself amazed at yourself when you say to somebody, I enjoyed being with you, and, and you really enjoyed being with them. For the first time in 30 years, you enjoyed the golf game with them. You enjoyed being in their presence. How in the world did that happen overnight? What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And with that love comes power. God says to his children after he tells us who he is, he says in Acts 1-8 who we are. Listen to this. But you, that's the believers, shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the uttermost part of the earth. When God comes in you, you have the power to talk about the things of God where before God came into you, you never talked about the things of God because you said, I just don't want to get involved in religious talk or religious things. But when you are born again and you receive your gift, you want to share it with other people and you love everyone and you want them to have what you have received from the Lord.
Stephen was the first Christian martyr. You remember Paul was there as that horrible event took place before he knew the Lord. And, and here's what it says in Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Jesus is so powerful, he can forgive sin. That power can keep you and me protected from sin. You say, I just think, I don't think a person can go without sin. I want to ask you a question. I'm going to give you a little assignment. You ready for this? A little homework for you. Uh, I'll wear you out by dark tonight, so by tomorrow you'll be on something else, but I want you to go through today. You say, well, nobody can live without sinning. Let me ask you a question. Can any of you live five minutes without sinning? Could you live five minutes? Go ahead. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I see a couple of you, the honest, and others say, I'm not going to bite this one. <laughs> now, you can't get rid of the original sin, but I'm telling you, the meanest one out here can go five minutes. So I'm going to give you a test. Between now and sundown, live the rest of the day five minutes out of time and see how it does at the end of the day. You can say, not only can I live five minutes, I can live a half a day. How do you do it? One step at a time. None of us know what another day is going to bring. <clears throat> And when that power comes into us, that power that forgives sin, that power allows us to stand against the forces of darkness because he that's in us is greater than who? He that's in the world. So when Satan comes against us, we have someone. It's not an AK-47. It's not that we work out at the gym and we're the fastest thing with our fist that's ever walked on the planet. That's not what it's about. It is about a spiritual power that we have that we are able to say no. When somebody says, will you? Not I'll think about it. Not even I'll pray about it. If it's wrong, no. No. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You know, it's good to go around and get in any circle you want to get into and know you don't have to do whatever they decide to do. I mean, that's a great feeling. Say, I don't know what it's going to do to them, but I know one thing. Whatever happens here, my Lord's going to be pleased. And if I go out of here and I don't have anybody but him, if I have to walk the party, if I have to get out of the fraternity, if I have to get out of this relationship, my God's going to be happy. And the power I have, now I live by the power of the Son of God. Now all believers have that. If, if you are one of those and you say, I'm a Christian, but I just have trouble all along time. I just get beat up, knocked down. You know why? Because you've let the devil knock you down. That's why. You, he caught you in a weak moment. That's the reason you need to be sober and be vigilant. How many Christians have just a little bit of change up here, and it doesn't take a lot of drugs and a lot of alcohol. It doesn't, have, it doesn't take a whole lot of anger to get you into a situation until you get back in the flesh because you've forgotten whose kids you are. You have forgotten that you don't have to and that God's ways are higher than man's ways. We do have the power to stand against the evil one because he is our shield, our Lord. The world is so easily deceived. You ever heard the phrase, the spirit is willing, 
but the body is weak? Let me tell you, the Spirit can overcome the body. The Spirit of God can overcome the weakness of the flesh. The Spirit of the body, the, the Spirit of God can be given to the body and to the mind and the heart and the soul of an individual and our lives can be forever changed. We love the song, there's power, power, power in the blood, in the precious blood of the Lamb. Where does the power come from? Have you inherited that? Movie theaters, television shows, most of the time portray Christians as a bunch of weak, mamby-pamby, helpless, hopeless individuals. They never really get out there and enjoy the sins of this world. I don't know about you folks. I've never talked to a person at the time of death that told me they wished they'd enjoyed more sin while they were alive. I've yet to meet my first one. Now, you say, oh, I got a whole bunch of them. You know, they're all kin to me. You know, that's just the family I was raised in. You know, we were from wherever. Well, I, I, I've not met them, so I haven't met any members of your family. But seriously, folks, the longer you serve him, the sweeter he grows. You know anything about baseball? They have two kinds of pitchers. They have the starting pitcher, and he is supposed to endure. This is a girls' softball team. It is a girl pitcher, okay? I don't want to get into that problem. But they're supposed to last as many innings as they can. They're called starting pitchers. They rotate, starting pitchers. There's also relief pitchers. They're not expected to do much. Just get us through this batter, you know. He's left-handed, you know, we want a left-handed pitcher or whatever. I mean, you're not expected to do anything. Just go out there in one inning and be done with it, you know. You're our closer. They put you in the ninth inning. If you have a great day, you get three outs. That's all you get. But if you're a starting pitcher, you can pitch a no-hitter. Relief pitchers never go down the Hall of Fame for pitching no-hitters because they never were in a game more than one or two innings. You know what? God has put us in here with a brand-new life. We're starters. And we got a whole life ahead of us. And God equips us to go the full nine innings, the full four quarters, the full hundred years. That's what God does for us. He equips us not just to be children, but to be teenagers and young adults and median adults and senior adults and on and on. God has done that. When he saved us, he gives us the power to go along with his love. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to equip you for whatever you need. Matthew 10, says, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be the saved. Paul told Timothy to endure hardness. 2 Timothy 2, 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then finally, Sound mind. A sound mind. God comes into your life, love comes. Power comes. And a sound mind, discipline. 
Listen to Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, how in the world could that ever happen? Does that take a brain transplant? Of course not. What it is that you must think about so you'll understand how this works the love you have in you is the love of God. The power you have in you is the power of God. And the brilliance you have or the discipline you have in your life or the clear thinking that you have in your life which allows you to think right comes from God. It's His mind. It is His power. It is His love. And so for us to go around and just say, well, I just, don't, I just think differently from most people. You're not supposed to be thinking like any people. You're supposed to be thinking like God thinks. Don't let people influence the way you think. The only thing I'm trying to do is turn you to God and get you in a quiet spot where you can get alone and God will tell you exactly what you need today. And if you've got to wait to come back next Sunday to hear what the preacher has to say, you're messing up. You need to get somewhere. I'm just telling you where to look. You know, I'm telling you where it's hid. Didn't you like to hunt Easter eggs like that, you know? I started off hunting them. Now I'm hunting them again. In fact, I'm hiding them. <laughs> so I can find them. No, seriously. Do you know where to look for this stuff I'm talking about today? It's at the cross. It's not at the church. It's at the cross. But the church can help you get to the cross. We're the GPS, Okay. We're the ones that tell you where it is and how to get there. And by the way, we can show you the shortest route. And that's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're transformed in our actions by the renewing of our mind. As a man thinketh, the Bible says, so is he. If I can't get you to think right, you're not going to do right. You don't just get up and do right. We get up with original sin every morning. Every morning. Ephesians 2, 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There's a battle going on, forces of evil and the forces of good. Ephesians 6, 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places that's what's going on we're in a battle for truth we're in a battle to see where is the real power is it in a nation or is it in the god of that nation where is that power when you think wrong, you do wrong. When you think right, then you can do right. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. People that are walking without God do not make good decisions. People that are out trying to survive in whatever echelon of the culture they're in 
They just don't understand what the devil is doing to them. You can pick out a person anywhere you want to. Next time you go where they're selling lottery tickets, just step back and you look at how many poor people are lining up to put the last dollars they have and their chances are the same as getting hit by lightning twice. You look at the man standing on the corner holding his sign. I saw one, I'll not tell you which corner, but I saw him Thursday with a cigarette in his hand and a please help me for food in his hand. There's something wrong with that man's thinking. To have a $5 pack or whatever they are in this hand, and if that sign is true, I need something to eat. Something's wrong. He's not thinking right. Have you ever heard somebody say to you, or have you ever said to somebody else, what were you thinking when you did that? Why did you ever go there? Why did you ever do that? What were you thinking? Well, I was just, at the moment, it seemed like a good idea. Listen, don't forget that at the moment. Every day with Jesus is the same as the day before. What you think on Monday, you ought to be thinking on Friday. When you think about when you're with your wife, you ought to be thinking about it when you're not with your wife. Because God put that thought in your mind. Say, no, thank you. No. That is a wonderful, wonderful answer to sin. No. We think about what we see, we think about what we read, we think about what we hear. We may not do these things, but we watch others do these things. And we wonder, why is it that I, I don't feel loved? Why is it that I have no power? Why is it that I make these kind of decisions? Why did I ever do that? Why did I throw that money away? Why did I throw my health away? Why did not I get it? Why was I willing to listen to the commercial on television rather than what God has said and touch not the unclean things? You're a holy people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Others do things. We watch them self-destruct. And we do the same thing and expect it won't happen to us. That has got to be weak, weak mind to even think about that. All the time, you have folks thinking, I'm just one purchase away from being happy. I'm just one more raise away from having everything I need. Your income will never determine your financial freedom. Never. Never, never, never. I talked to a man this week, and he and I have a mutual friend. I said, how's he doing? I said, he's still making a lot of money. Last time I saw him make a lot of money, he said, I hope so. He owes $15 million. I remember Will Rogers was asked that question back when Will Rogers was alive. Some of you don't know who that was, but I haven't got time to tell you. But anyway, <laughs> Will Rogers went around talking to people everywhere. Somebody asked him one day, are you rich? He said, I must be, I owe a million dollars. That was his analogy. <laughs> People are blessed with money. They give nothing to God. They give nothing to help others. They put nothing in savings. Their pride and their ignorance leads to excessive spending. 
Somebody told me right here in this building last Sunday that they went to the circus and cotton candy was $15 a stick. But, 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 wait a minute. Don't, don't, don't put the circus down. It had a little bear on it. Matter of fact, it had the same bear as the restaurant not very far from here has, and their little deal, for 50 cents, you can take a chance to get one of those little things that you could buy at Big Mart for 25 cents. But if you just want a thrill, just put the 50 cents in your kid's hand, and they'll keep you there until it's time for the next meal. But that's the way poor people think. That's the way foolish people think. That's the way people that have nothing inside of them that can deal with the practical areas of life. This I will eat, this I won't eat. This I'll drink, this I won't drink. This I will buy, this I won't buy. This I will go to, this I won't go. This I'll watch, this I won't watch. This is what I'll let my children do, and this is what I will not let my children do. And God has put the fathers ahead of the house. And by the way, if you say, yeah, uh, that didn't impress me because I'd always do what my, when I got out of the sight of my father, I'd do anything I want to. You can't get out of the sight of the father I'm talking about. And I want you to know he loves you too much not to discipline you. And he says, I'm giving you a sound mind. I'm giving you the power to discipline yourself. But if you won't discipline yourself, I can discipline you. Because I am not going to let you self-destruct if you're my children. If you want a great money-saving tip before you go home, you want to save half on your groceries, eat half as much. Aren't you glad you got that? But God has given his, his kids this promise. Now listen to the promise. We got to go. He says, you obey me, and I'll not withhold any good thing from you. You obey me, and all my power will flow through you, and nothing is impossible if you'll just follow me. If you will just think as I think, I will not lead your mind to think something wrong. I'll tell you, no, that's not the one you ought to be dating. No, that's not the one you ought to marry. No, that's not something you need to buy. No, 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 listen to me. And when you do that, God says, I'm going to give you the good stuff now. The good stuff. I've been offered a lot of times lifetime memberships and everything. I love to the outdoors and lifetime memberships and wildlife associations and trophy hunter associations and NRAs and lifetime hunting license and tech, all that stuff. I never bought any of those. But I tell you what I did buy into something when I was eight years old. I bought into a eternal life insurance policy. I bought into an eternal investment that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you know what the dues were? Nothing. You know what the annual dues are? Nothing. God says, I'll feed you, I'll clothe you, I'll provide for you, I'll put people around you you need to be, I'll lead you to the right woman, I'll lead you to the right man, I'll lead you to the right vocation, I will guide your life, I will withhold you with my right hand. Well, what do I owe you? Nothing but to die to yourself and let me come into your life. And people walk away by the thousands, back to the bars, back to the places of prostitution, back to the pornography, back to the drugs, back to all of that stuff. And the devil just smiles and says, look at you. You went to church on Sunday. Ain't nothing to it, is it? Just a bunch of old hypocrites down there, isn't there? Yeah. You need to follow me. I'm the truth. Man, I tell you, I'd never lie to you. That's what the devil's telling you. 
Well, it didn't work out last time, but it's your fault. You, you chose the, right num the wrong numbers. I had another number for you. And you remember I put it in your mind? Remember that? You know, all that kind of stuff. Now, folks, life is but brief, and soon it's going to be past. And only what's done for Christ is going to last. I met with a person this week, and my son was with me. He was telling us about his family. And we were talking about how hard it is to raise a family, how hard it is to get us together. You know, man, everything's going on. You got them going this way and that way, that way. So every year at Thanksgiving, he invites all of his family, his kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids, to his house, he and his wife, for Thanksgiving. And he gives to every single one of them a check of the maximum that the IRS will let you give your kids, your family. He said to us with a funny little smile, he said, you know what? He said, when we have our family reunion, we're 100% every <laughs> year. He said, it's amazing how much they love my wife and I. They would just die for us. Well, at least they come to the Thanksgiving party. Well, we laughed as you're laughing. But let me tell you something. In 1948, I got invited to such a party by the Lord. And he said, now, John, I'll take care of you, and I'll never walk out on you. And I'm going to love you, but I'm going to discipline you because you're mine. I've never doubted my salvation because I've walked through a lot of valleys. I've gone through a lot of trouble. I've, I've seen a lot of mountains to climb, but I've never been left behind. And neither have you if you know the Lord. But if you're full of religion, it's not worth one thing to you, nothing. Religion is what people do trying to replace God. And they, do, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Now remember this when you go home. If you're a believer, God's love is in you. If you're a believer, God's power is in you. If you're a real believer, the mind of God is in you. And nothing can replace it. You don't get two out of the three. You say, I think I got two of them. No, you get all three. It all comes in one package. And by the way, you don't have to pay extra for that second one. You know, that one they're going to send to you free. You know, the $10 thing they're going to send to you free for $6.95 shipping and handling. No, no, that's not the deal here, folks. <laughs> I'm closing this because I've I got to get over because you're so preconditioned. You believe there's no way that there would be a way I could have eternal life and never have to do anything for it. Just trust me. Trust me. That's what Jesus said, and I want you to trust him. So it's available. If you're watching, if you'll call or write us, we'll help you. There are people on the telephone right now to help you to understand how you can have love, power, and a sound mind in your life. And for those of you here, there are people waiting in the back. As we close with our final song, you can go there, and they will be glad to help you, just like these four men that were here when we started our baptism. Those four men are products of the last two weeks of that room. After a service, they sat here with their family, and they said, as for we... Our house, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. And you can look at them and tell those men do not regret what they did by coming to Jesus, and you won't either. Let's all stand together.
heads bowed and eyes closed. Our Heavenly Father, as we sing the song, may nothing disturb people that are wanting to come to you. I pray, Father, that those that are here for the first time, not knowing what another day will bring, will not leave here without having an opportunity to receive the gift of eternal life that you had for them. If they're willing to turn from their sin, repent of that sin, confess you as Lord, and receive the gift paid for by your blood. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.